Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Mixtape Mixtape Podcast Podcast. I'm your host, Julia. And I'm your host, Mike. Each week, we pick a topic and make you a mix. So, Julia, what's this week's topic? We're going down under. Ooh, sexy. (laughs) (laughs) Gross. It's a brand new episode, and we have a brand new guest on our show. Crazy. Who are we that we have guests like lately? I know. We're I mean, semi-professional, but still really under Semi-pro? To. Yeah. We're, we're very, yeah, yeah. So, well, for the six people who listen, we are very professional. I know. You guys should be very um, thankful. You know what? You're welcome. Let's do, yeah, let's give thanks. A slow clap for you people. All right. Um, oh, my gosh. gosh <laughs> damn it. We're not doing another take. Nope. But I'm just going to mute it. I'm going to mute it. Welcome to our show, a brand new guest, a man we all love, and I am legally married to my husband, Jonathan Halperin. Yay. Welcome. Um, Hello. Say hi. 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 I I just showed up for Real Egg and Sorriso when I got... And now you're here. Well, that's what happens. That's what happens. We lure you with free food. We lure you with food, and then then we we kill you with Dwight's farts. (laughs) That's that's how it goes. So for anyone who doesn't know, which Halpern is a pretty household name around these parts, but tell us about yourself. Tell us who you are. Tell us what you do, your likes, your dislikes, your favorite colors, you know, that stuff. Um, I've been booking for 20 years. I had a record label in the 90s. I worked for Bob's Burgers for a bit. Um, I do lots of stuff. What do you do right now? What's your current projects? <clears throat> I book the Glass House. I book Grid Life, which are three motorsports festivals around the country. Uh, I just finished booking Isle of Light in the Dominican Republic. Um, I'm managing a band which we will get into later. Oh, yeah, the, those guys. Oh, those guys. Okay. Cool. Well, we have, Halpern, we have Halpern on the show today to talk about bands from Australia and New Zealand. Tell us why we're picking this topic. You wanted to do this topic. You picked it. Right. Well, I went down in August and September to Going Global in New Zealand and Big Sound in Australia. They flew me out. Um, they flew me out to go check out artists from those countries with the hopes of bringing those bands uh, to the States and maybe assisting those bands on how to get to the States. And uh, I saw a, a plethora of amazing artists while I was there. Yeah, and you know what? I would agree with you, dude, not knowing anything about this genre or about this, uh, about the country in a whole, where these bands from. A, how many bands came from there that I didn't realize came from there? And B, how many I did not know that are really good? Like, there's a lot of really good bands. You know, just find, oh, if you Google, like, best best Kiwi bands 2019, you actually get a marching band, which is weird, so don't do that. But <laughs> best New Zealand bands 2019, and there's a lot of really cool bands that have come up. I'm like, every any one of these I would have, you know, I would have been proud to play with or, or had on a bill here. They're all hey, really good. There's a ton of bands down there that just don't, haven't made it out of those countries. Right. And so they haven't been exposed to people in the States or in Europe or whatever, and so... But is um, why is that? 
Like, are there the major labels are down there too, correct or no? Yeah, but and the bands are insanely popular down there, but it doesn't mean that people have heard of them outside those countries. Just right. Don't move them well, yeah, and you, it's very common. Even I mean, in the '90s, I was I'm going to actually play them later, but I toured with a band called Frenzel Rom, which is big there, and and from you know the that punk genre, you know, like the Fat Records kind of genre that's down there, where Warp Tour kind of thing down there, and uh, they were huge there, but they'd come here and they. You know, they'd open for us, play club dates. Or, or, you, or you talk about Parkway Drive, who are like right. basically like a stadium band. Right, there. yeah, exactly. And, they, and then they come here, and they're, and they're a big band. I mean, I would book them at the Glass House. But you're at 800 cap but, versus... Right, you know. versus, you know, 15,000 people or 20,000 people in Australia. Yeah, and, and you and I have traveled a lot. This is no secret. We've talked about it before in the podcast, but John and I are travel buddies, or we used to be before I was... You know, I had Christina with me. Now I have to take her everywhere I go. So, <laughs> so that's uh, a compliment. Yes, I don't I have can to tell I, by Christina's. I get to. You can tell by her reaction. She's like, "Son of a bitch." Um, but we traveled quite a bit. And we went to uh, go to music festivals or whatever, and go see bands in other countries. And what's amazing is the caliber of bands. Like if you talk about Liverpool Sound City or you know whatever, and the caliber of bands that play that just don't have the wherewithal to get over here. You know, it's like the, the it's almost a, a bridge too far. Like, how do they get over? You know, any one of those bands that we would have seen out there uh, could break here. Any one of them were really right. good, you know, so. And that was sort of the idea is that um, I spoke on panels there on, on how to get on festivals in the States. And, right. And, uh, and then I had uh, one-on-one meetings with bands and managers and agents and whatnot on how to get bands over to the states and places just to even get on club shows and just yeah. asking my opinion. So it. how does one do that in a nutshell? I mean, like if you were a band listening in England, you know, or Australia right now that wanted to get, is there a, is there a secret or is there, is it industry stuff you couldn't tell me about? Or is it, you know, how, how does one get over? I wouldn't say it's a secret. I would just say it's a lot of work. Yeah. And then how you get on the festivals is that you're already here because if I'm right. booking a festival, and if I've got a band from England that's got no return on investment, but I've got to pay for their flights and whatnot, it makes it really, really difficult. Sure, but yeah. if it's a band that's already going to be here in the States and I'm just paying them what they're, you know, probably honestly worth at the time, you know, and to play the festival and I get a I get a band from England that no one's ever really seen, then it, it really works. If I can pay yeah. them five hundred or a thousand dollars as opposed to ten thousand dollars to cover flights and whatnot then then sure it makes right. it much more yeah. palatable for me to get this band onto my festival it's a good point so bands travel what's the guy do just travel borrow gear that just seems like a lot of pressure on a band that like you have to already be like an outstanding like it's probably hard for a starting band it's like easier for a more well-versed band even in New Zealand or Australia, to make it over here. I mean, there's, what's the point the of funding. what's the point of coming to another country if if you don't have a following and you're yeah. not doing it in your country of in your home country? Then why are you going to bother? Mm-hmm. Yeah, traveling to other countries and and, and for every band like Bush or whatever back in the day that did that, they were bigger in the United States than they were in their home country. There's thousands of bands that really mm-hmm. aren't. And and realistically, we used to talk about this a lot. There's as a musician, seeing bands all the time, being good is kind of that's like, okay, that's the standard of just being able to play, right? Like being good and it is just the standard of being able to excel to the next level. We assume you're good. You're going to have to yeah. be good in order to 
get people to watch you or whatever, especially here, where, you know, in California, where we have all different kinds of music and all different kinds of genres, you have to be good. Mm-hmm. The gimmick wears off really quick if you're not. And that's, mm-hmm. you know, basically. So I don't know. That's my opinion. But. And that's the thing is that going there to these, you know, especially to, to a country like New Zealand, where you're sort of in a bubble. Yeah. All the bands were really, really, really good. And yeah. if any of those bands were born and bred and writing those songs here in California. Oh, yeah. Then they would be, you know, huge, they'd yeah. be huge here. Yeah. If any one of them had a parent that lived in Laurel Canyon, mm-hmm. forget it. Like any one of those bands right. would be like, you know, or Malibu or whatever. They would be huge, but well, so cool. Let's let's get started. Are you going to play a, an Oz band or a Kiwi band first? Sure. Let's start with Australia. Okay. Um, I saw an artist uh, named Wolf J. Okay. And uh, and they just blew my socks off. Cool. What okay. song you want to play song? by Wolf J? Throw uh, "She Calls to Me." So I liked it. I liked it too. Started off a little slow for me, but like the what we heard and what the audience is going to hear is actually really great. I Bas- loved it. Basically, um, when I went to Australia, when I went to uh, Big Sound, I listened to hundreds of bands before I went, and then if I like something, then I put it on my list because otherwise you're you're competing. It's like South by where there's twenty artists or thirty artists playing at the same time, so you have to pick which one mm-hmm. you right, want to yeah. go to, and so. Uh, and so I listened to Wolf Jane. I just really liked it. Yeah. Awesome. Well, um, we'll go counterclockwise then. You go next. Uh, we're talking about uh, New Zealand bands. So I found this band, and I really like them. Uh, I just I think the songwriting's really great, and I think the band was really good. So uh, it's called uh, Marlin's Dreaming, and the song's called I'll Stick By You. I'll go right by you. I'll ask you questions. That be enough. Yeah, I'll do right by you. I'll ask you questions. But what you doing? I like it. Yeah. It sounds just like an American band. It sounds just like an American band, right? I've never heard that in my entire life. You never heard that band? Nope. Oh, cool. See, there you go. Awesome. Yeah, they uh I just I dude, I found them on a list and I was like, hell, I'll uh, do it. That's why I love Spotify. It's like you can find anything just kind of if you if you have the time to listen to stuff yeah you know you can find some cool stuff so like i said before like it makes me excited especially doing this podcast to listen to new music again yeah like i've been stuck in like my ska punk pop punk stuff for a long time and so i'm branching oi. out oi i know oi i know no, i'm 34 just, i'm 34 years old <laughs> don't worry i went to, i went to uh chain reaction the night to see the get up kids i know i was and i saw I, the videos i sent you, I sent you videos because i figured you'd like it but it was really good i'm like yeah. oh everybody in this crowd is very old <laughs> yeah <that's>, <laughs> they it, all look just like me which is funny because both the singers look just like me <laughs> just bearded dudes with bellies like you know. oh how we've aged yes <laughs> is that why you're wearing your shirt today you're wearing, wearing the shirt, shirt of the band 
I'm wearing this shirt. After the no, it was like a week and a half ago. Okay, it's the first time I'm wearing this shirt. I washed it and okay. it was clean. So there you go. Well, there you go. Wait, you wash a shirt before you wear it when you buy it at a concert? I usually like to wash it to see if it'll shrink okay. and then to see if uh, it'll still fit. Okay, because I'm usually buying it just to support the band. Okay, mm-hmm. uh, but then I uh, then you know if I'm wearing it around the house today, great, fine, All right. I feel like I would be really disappointed if I did that and then it doesn't fit. Oh, that happens to me all the time. And I just give it away. Or like <laughs> I give it to somebody who likes the band or, or whatever. Because then at least if you just wear it, you get one shot out of it. Yeah. Oh, I guess it's worth both. It's worse either way. Like you either wear it once and you can never wear it again. All I'm saying you is. You don't get the joy. The Get Up Kids knew their audience because every shirt, they had like four different designs. Uh-huh. They all went to double X. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, sweet. Okay, great. They're and, like, everyone's in their late 30s now. Yeah, Let's, right. Uh, exactly. In 2002, it was all mediums. Yeah, it was all yeah. mediums and smalls. <laughs> and like the girls wore youth larges. And, yeah. now, and now it's all like, uh, yeah, we have. We have men's smalls for all the ladies too. Yeah. <laughs> like everyone goes to breweries now, right. so we got we're the belly, all, the beer we're all bellies. Fatties. Everyone is a fatty. <laughs> Although they did cover Sabotage, which was pretty good. They covered, mm. yeah. And then the uh, the singer from the previous band, I guess they're all kind of on the road together. They were all in one vehicle together, and the singer from the previous band came out and did like the rap for Sabotage. So it was pretty cool. It was, yeah. They 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 definitely knew their audience. <laughs> Awesome. Yeah. Okay, so I'm going to pick a band, or I think it's just a musician. Her name's Malrat. Um, she's from Brisbane, Australia. You went to Brisbane, right? That's where I was, yeah. Okay. Have, were you going to play her at all? Nope. Okay, so our nephew, Aaron, actually informed me about this artist. Aaron's, he how old is he, like 24? He's into like the most random songs and music that you would could ever find, and he's actually helped me find a lot of new music lately. I think he and would where be. Where does a good, he find it? YouTube. He's just on Spotify all day. Oh, really? Okay, and cool. he just searches, and then he's on Instagram, and he messages the artists, and he talks to them. Like he's really into music right now, right, and right. Um, I appreciate that because he told me about Malrat, and the song is called Groceries. Sweet as a. Eh? <laughs> Are we gonna start Mike, offending some... Australians? No, I'm, yeah. not, I'm not even gonna go there. No. no. Um, Don't be a geek, eh? Fun fact about Malrat: um, this her bio and on Spotify says they called her the Hannah Montana of the rap game. Whoa! In early 2017. I want to hear some of her rap stuff. But she was only she was 16 years old, 17. She was only 18 when her like big hit came. Um, and it ended up on a Google commercial. Oh, what wow. All right, there you go. But good for her. I like that. Sure. Song. See, that's how you make it out. Getting everybody, on a commercial. Everybody in Australia, get on a Google commercial. There yeah. You go. Awesome. All right, helps. It's I, your, I think that pretty much turn. goes for anywhere. Basically, yeah. Get on an Apple commercial, wherever you are. And you're um, right. We're gonna we're gonna head over to to New Zealand. No, oh, we're gonna indeed. head over. We're gonna head over to uh, to Auckland. <laughs> okay. And we're gonna play daffodils. Okay. Who are eighteen to twenty year old kids? That sound like um, 
They sound like uh, White Lies doing Interpol doing Joy Division. Oh, okay. I was, okay, I was gonna, we just and, played uh, Daffodils, or we just played like White Lies. White Lies. Last, yeah, oh, our well, mini there episode. You, there you go. But yeah, it'd be rad if you said, they sound just like Nick Cave. <laughs> They're 18 to 20. No. <laughs> Kid has a voice. I mean, but, but you know, when you're 18 to 20, you're like, where are these kids getting these these yeah. influences yep. here? You're in New Zealand, and it's not, you know, it's not mumble rap or whatever, you know, everyone else is listening to when they're doing like their own thing. You just tell me the song. Uh, dark. Dark. Okay. Let's play it. Was cool. That's definitely an Ian Curtis inspired vocal, right? Yeah. Whether that kid knows what, what's funny is to talk to that singer of that band and go, "Hey, man, did you know there's a there's a band called Joy Division where there's things like that?" And he'd be like, "No," or you in his figure, case, "No." You got to figure, you know, they're they're eighteen to twenty, yeah. yeah. So their their parents are probably yeah in their forties to fifties, right? And that would be the age range of where they sure. they were buying, yeah. Uh, you know, they were buying uh, Joy Division records. I wonder and if people still do that. Like, if if kids still think like I used to think my parents' music was really lame. Like all, even the Beatles, like and stuff. When my parents were into that, I was kind of, eh, I didn't like it. I wonder if that's the same now. Or kids kind of then more what bands would it. it be that they think are lame? That like, I'm oh, into eighties, 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 cheesy eighties. Like you right. play like a Wayne Chunk song or something. Huey like that. Lewis, which we all know is awesome. But, but I'm sure that same parent that had the Joy Division record also had a, uh, you know, had a Smith. You know, well, I was going to say they'd have like a you know a Culture Club record, right? Yeah, exactly. yeah, or yeah, some yeah. other For sure. you know high school works or something where they're just like yeah, haircut one hundred. But, but then or the kid, the kids, they gravitate towards this band, mm-hmm. and this is what what they want to uh, emulate. I like. think it doesn't have my accent. I think if you get if you ever get a chance to talk to this kid from this band, I think that. You find out, oh no, my dad was really into Joy Division, Smiths, whatever, and, and or my parents were, and mm-hmm. it was around all the time. Because do you just fall into that? Maybe I don't know. I mean, I don't you don't just you write it. You don't just write music like that. Yeah, you have exactly. to. Have, you had to have heard those other bands. It's, you don't just come up with that and go, oh well, that's. I weird. always say it's like it's like being a quarterback in the NFL, right? It's like those guys don't just fall into that job. They're bred for it. When by the time they're four years old, you know, they kind of already know they have this aptitude and a path for it. It's the same way with great musicians and and everything. They kind of. They have an aptitude for it. They love it and a, a passion for it. And then that gets fostered along the way. You know, it's very rarely you find people like, um, I read a thing about Katie Tunstall um, from Scotland. And she, her, her parents, she had a brother who was deaf. And so they never played music in their house. She didn't discover music until mm. she was like 19 or oh, 20. Wow. And then she became a busker and like would busk, mm. which is, that's odd. Usually mm-hmm. it you, music's all around you, right? If you're really into it, I would think. You got to be a searcher, but this this band, this Daffodils band, they're a band who give it a year or two years, and then you're gonna be like, oh yeah, yeah I remember I when yeah. I heard that band when John came in and played it, and after he saw him in New Zealand, like there's yeah. no there's no doubt that they will be touring the states and touring Europe right. within a year or two. So right. both bands we just played, you actually saw them? Oh yeah. Where did you see? Like, what was the venue? Like, were they normal like bar venues, or did you see them any anywhere interesting? Because we've been to Liverpool Sound City, where you get to see bands play in a bombed out church so like was it these were just regular normal? sort of venues regular it was, it was sort of venues. like south by where it's like every every bar just they have a venue. yeah they have a four street kind of a place with a bunch of bars where they just so have... 
So the deal with daffodils was I had a day where I had a driver uh, take me around the country. And he took me to go see, I, I saw a kiwi bird, I saw the glowworms, I went to the... Um, um, like I went to the south of the uh, of the island, and you know we're like probably six seven hours away from the hotel, and and he's telling me all kinds of crazy stories. He's worked in music for years, and telling me about how he drove Justin Bieber around on his first tour, um, and how uh, when he was dropping off Justin Bieber at sixteen off at the hotel, the mom's like, "Hey, uh, can I, um, you know, hang out with you for a little bit, little bit longer? I don't want to go back to the hotel." And he's like, "Sure." And then the mom was telling him about. Uh, about you know what do I do with my kid? He's acting <laughs> up. Like what do you what what should I do to punish him? And he's like, oh, take away take away his phone. That's what I do with my kid. Take away his phone. And so um, I guess like later on, like a year later, or something like that, somebody was interviewing Justin Bieber, and he's like, what happens? You know, what happens when you get in trouble? Oh, my mom takes away my phone. And so he <laughs> yeah, right. credits himself that. Anyways, we're like six seven hours away from the hotel. It's like, oh, my son's in a band. I'm like, oh, great, great. Like six, seven hours away and son's in a band and Mm -hmm. I've heard this a million times, but now we're stuck in the car together and it's six, seven hours from the hotel. Uh, He puts in the, uh, the uh, CD or whatever and it's daffodils. And I'm like, oh, wow. So that doesn't happen. And then the band was already playing the, uh, the conference. And so Uh then I got to see him there and, uh, and yeah. So there you go. So you already know the guy. Okay. The guy was in music, whatever. Okay. That makes sense. But well, it, cool. at least you liked his kid's band after that. I know, that really didn't have so to have that awkward... Six, seven hour <laughs> yeah. drive. Like, they're, they're interesting. They're, yeah, they're Rolling, they're, they're Rolling Stones cover band. And they've done all the albums. Oh, great. <laughs> awesome. This is going to be rad. Um, cool, cool. Let's keep it moving. I'll do... Uh, I'm going to do another Kiwi band. Uh, just because uh, I found this, like, Kiwi, like, hip-hop act. And, hey, why not? Let's... Uh, Wait, what was their name? What is it? Uh... The Avondale Bowling Club. Oh, okay. Are you going to play that? Oh, no, I found another I one. bought that record Yeah. when I was there. Oh, cool. Well, yeah. good. So, yeah, they, yeah, no, and, and this song had, like, I was looking at songs, and, and, I, and I heard a couple of their songs, and this one has the most uh, listens out of any of them. So it's called Friends with a R in friends in parentheses. But uh, here it is. It's Avondale Bowling Club. Old boy sitting in the dark with a light bulb And a ladder in the sand like a pyro Just come put the thing down like an iPhone Got too high, flipped out like a psycho What's he gonna do? Where's he gonna go now? Lost I heard he was living in a motel Broke up with his old girl Then he broke down, took it out on the best bro They ain't bros now What you really know about shit like that? 31 years old, addicted to crack since way back How you gonna quit like that? Try kick that shit, it'll kick right back Uh, move back with the I like it, I like, uh, like you are saying The more jazzy sounds in the background And yeah Whatever they um, sampled in the back sounds. Off that, it gives it just a different edge to off it. Off that like, record, every song, there's like a Coltrane part. That sounded like more like a Stanley Turrentine part. But they had all these really cool old jazz things throughout it. So I don't know if they sampled it or if somebody recorded it or mm-hmm. whatever it was. But but it's cool. And, you know, I like, I like the song. So, so when I was there, I was record shopping at Flying Out. Uh, which is home of Flying Nun Records, mm-hmm. and um, they suggested that record, and uh, and I bought it and really liked it. Yeah, they. Uh, you know what's it? It always surprises me in different cultures we go to, um, or they always have a hip hop scene. They always have it, and mm-hmm. it's it's like we were we we kind of made fun of it that one time about the Irish hip hop one that I found that one yeah. time, but it's like. It's cool that that it's kind of crossed over. That music kind of crosses over all these boundaries culturally. And it's gets so universal these, now, right? Yeah, like exactly. hip hop is so universal, and it's it's just an expression of poetry. 
Right. You know, exactly. A form of poetry. Um, but yeah, cool choice, bro. Hey, bro. Bros. Okay. I'm going to play this band. It was another band that just happened to be um, someone that my nephew told me about. They're called Skeggs. Oh, yeah. Were, did you have them on your list, Helps? Nope. Okay. But I know them. But, anyways, Skeggs is actually a pretty big band. Um, mm. Just looking at their their page right now they're on a festival called good things festival in melbourne with like a day to remember and simple plan and bad religion the veronica is falling in reverse coheed real big fish like dance again dance it's like a huge festival huh. um so and i think they're really good so i think they're pretty much like a what's after millennials is that a gen z gen z yeah. it's like a gen z band it's like a burger records gen z type band but this is LSD. That was cool. Yeah. Yeah, they're great. Yeah, good. You, was that a band you saw at all? They or were, were they not. too I think, big? I think they're already... Pretty big. Though. Yeah, they're already established yeah. and they're big. I mean, they're touring the States and stuff yeah. like that, so... Yeah. Uh, yeah, so that's a, another example of a band who's huge there that would do like a, a, a thousand cap room or hundred five to eight hundred cap room here, probably around the country. I'd say... Yeah, or even bigger. Or even bigger. Okay, Yeah. cool. Awesome. All right, well, it's your turn there. Yeah. Oh, it's my turn? Okay, I'll Go pick a, uh, another Australian band. Um, an artist by the name of MB the girl i m b i the yes. girl i had that on my list too did you really yep oh what my gosh i had uh swell oh no i don't have that one okay but she was uh great i saw her she's great at um wrong country yeah, wrong I country i just like saying great that's the only <laughs> scottish word i know is great <laughs> she is great i saw her at big sound Mm-hmm. And holy crud, the place was packed. Was always articulated, but could never quite mold that play dough to describe the vibe that grows and hides so quick, so kind, so cool, so indescribable. Not angst, not against you. One thing of you, think I loved you. Fuck, think I loved you. This feeling inside, this feeling inside. Emotions will swell, emotions will tide. This feeling inside, this feeling inside. I like it. And then I just looked at photos of her. I love her. Yeah, she was awesome. Yeah. She was awesome, and the crowd was crazy. Mm-hmm. And uh, Dude, that would do so well in the States here, too. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. Just, she'd be great on festivals. Yeah. Because right. she would be the artist that's performing. People walk by. Uh-huh, and they'll what, stop. What the heck's right. going on? And then, right. She has yeah. a unique look to her to be like a... Sure. Like rapping in hip-hop. Um what do you think is like hip hop over there just as big as hip hop is over here? Did you well, feel like, like it oh, was? Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. It was, it was huge. Yeah. Yeah. Without a doubt. There a lot of so freshies many, over there, eh? So many, so many hip hop <laughs> artists were performing at this thing. Awesome. Uh, I'm going to take mine back a little bit just cause I toured with this band and I really like this song. <laughs> so, um, uh, the band is, uh, friends will rom. Uh, so they get more like punk, pop punk tip mm-hmm. um but uh i actually this band was released first in the states on a little label called liberation records here in anaheim um so and, and it was kind of cool to have them on that but then they uh they ended up doing a lot of work with uh, fat records 
So uh, really cool, really great band. All the guys in the band are like awesome, awesome dudes. And uh, man, they can drink, man. These guys drink. <laughs> as, as a young musician being on the road, they, they drank more than I did, which was at that time a pretty big feat. But anyway, here is Frenzel Rom. The song's called Never Had So Much Fun. I can't see a thing through my eyes that sting I can't remember having so much fun Well, I've never had so much fun No, I've never had so much fun I can't remember when I've ever had so much fun Um, I thought we were playing Aussie bands, not MXPX. Uh, oh. wow. they, they, it was good, but it sounded like MXPX. Wow, a lot. dude. Okay. Well, I, hey, I used to book them a chain yeah, all the yeah, time. Yeah. Whenever they came through town, I booked them a yeah. chain. And yeah. So, no. And obviously, everyone loved them. Yeah, they were great. They uh, one time the singer um, had he had these blue like dreads in his mm-hmm. hair. And we were playing with them in like I don't know some Panhandle like Tuscaloosa, Alabama, or like the Panhandle of Florida, something like that. And there was maybe a hundred kids there. Like I don't know, there was there wasn't that many people there, and he was like headbanging to the song, and one of his dreads fell out. Oh god! And he picked it up, and he had his dread, and he did like a little puppet show with his dread. <laughs> He's interviewing his dread on stage, and I don't know if I was just like, like I don't know. I sorry, Dwight. Excuse me. <laughs> Uh, but man, it was hilarious. It was really funny, but they're a great band and they would just, they would, they're kind of band where they'd play their stuff. And then all of a sudden they'd just bust into like back in black. Like they do an ACDC song, mm-hmm. like whatever, and pretty flawlessly. So always had a good time with them and they're just fun. And Are they so, still like together? S- still a band. Yeah. Okay. Still a band. Absolutely. Cool. Um, I'm going to play an older band that I just found out about. Um, and I picked them based on their name alone and actually looking at it, I like all their album covers they are called hello sailor hello and they've sailor. been around since the seventies kind of feels, uh, no, I'm not going to say it. I was going to say it's like the undertones, but I don't think so. <laughs> um, but this song is called something it's called gutter black and the album is from 1970. Oh, that's weird. It says, 2012, but I think that's the year it was uploaded or something. Yeah. That's what I hate about Spotify sometimes. They never have the original you you date. date. Yeah. 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 Awesome. Anyways, but here's Gutter Black. Let's take a listen. No, I thought it was cool. Yeah, you're right. Nothing like the undertones. No, but, I don't know what I was thinking that. Um, but... Real poppy like that. And I like how the kind of horn thing came in in the end there. Mm-hmm. It, was, it was cool. Kind of reminded me of Bowie a little bit. Yeah, a little bit. Like Roxy mu- no, Yeah, a little bit. Roxy yeah. music. Bowie-ish. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah never, heard, never heard of this band. Yeah, really? I'm surprised because yeah, it seems like something you would be into. I say this being Halperin's wife and knowing everything what he's there into. is to know about Halperin. <laughs> so I'm sorry if I'm not interviewing you as much because I just know the answer already. Like, I'm, and, and, no, and, she's like, and nobody wants to know that. <laughs> I do. So speaking, because you're on the other side of the industry. You're not in a band or have ever, have you ever been in a band? I took guitar lessons for a year with 
in in middle school. Okay. With uh, um, with Zach from Rage Against the Machine. What? And I think <laughs> he must have just taken it more seriously, right? Yeah, <laughs> I think so. He definitely did. You know. Well, he was also angrier, and he actually know. wasn't. I mean, this was junior high. Yeah, he was in, like voted in, like in best Irvine final. too. Like, what are you gonna do, right? It's, you know, like he was a really popular kid. Yeah. Like, it, I mean, I can't, uh, you know. Uh, I mean, if he was angry, it wasn't because of middle school and the well, way no, he dude. was treated. He was a popular kid, and every girl was in love with him. He got woke, bro. He got woke. Yeah. College, got woke. college got woke. Well, John, let me ask you this: so, because you book festivals and things like, do you feel like the whole festival market has become extremely saturated over the last five years? Where I think, I think it depends on the area. Well, how do people judge what constitutes a good festival, and with you know, like there's sales. so many. <laughs> Well, that, but there's so many good artists out there that I want to see at all these different festivals. It's like, how do I kind of weed through the ones where there's one that's better than the other? I mean, again, it's going to, it's going to depend on the curation, on the artists you want to see. And if the ticket price is going to be worth you going, I mean, if it's a $50 ticket price or $150 ticket price, I mean, it, it just depends on what that festival's worth to you and the, and the artists that are curated for it. I mean... But I mean, L.A., Southern California, it's so saturated. Yeah. Well, you have, you know, okay, so count off. I mean, there's probably five or six festivals now where there wasn't any before where, or just, you know, Coachella. I remember, I mean, remember a time when we would go to England to go to festivals because they were the only places that had them, right? And then we didn't even have anything like that here before Coachella. And now well, I just, think the last Music Tastes Good, we were going up against three other festivals right, the same day the same in day. Southern California. Yes, yeah, exactly. So at that point, you're like, okay, there's too many festivals in Southern California. But again, we live in a bubble in Southern California. Sure, yeah. If you're in the middle of... Ohio. middle america right. then you're not going to have that same right we, well, we just we just had our friend ray here from um he lived in japan for like 14 years but now is from eugene oregon and uh it was funny as he was talking about going to see show going to shows and i'm like oh yeah i'm probably i'm probably not gonna go to that i'm probably gonna wait you know and go something else and he's like and I, you know what it was it was the scatolites and, and i'm like no you know i saw the scatolites last year i'm you know, I'm all right. And he goes, oh, well, they just never come through my town. And they, and they never came, I mean, maybe once a year to Japan, maybe, if mm-hmm. if that. And so he's like, I think you're spoiled because you get to see bands all the time. You kind of can pick and choose. Because yeah. there's always going to be either an industry show for somebody doing something for somebody. Hey, Dwight. Or, uh, you know, there's going to be an opportunity to see somebody at least once or twice a year here. Yeah, that's right. why we didn't go to the Mezingers because yeah, we're like, exactly. eh, we're going to get a chance to see him again. And it, it's you a pretty suck. lazy, <laughs> That's a lazy, a lazy thing yeah, to do. Sure. I mean, LA is a... like London or New York. I mean, on any given night, yeah. you have to choose which show you want to go to. Right, yeah. exactly, exactly. Yeah, no. And so, and so as far as the festivals, I mean, again, you're, you're, uh, I mean, you're lucky you live here and there's a million festivals. And basically if it's, if, if it's curated, to your taste, then of course you go. And if not, then so be it. Yeah. And that, that, that <laughs> also get... explains why a lot of them, you know, aren't around anymore. Like a lot of right. the festivals, they have their one year or two years mm-hmm. and you know, it's, then they go, they go away. Just These are the ones that we always like seem to go away, which yeah, is Yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, no doubt. Yeah. For sure. Um, are there major festivals in Australia helps? Oh, for sure. Like which ones? Big... What are the big ones? I don't even know. Um, I mean, I know I know that there's Download there, which is the big metal festival. But there's a. Do they still do Big Day out there? Which is like I, all they the do not. Bands? They do not. Okay. okay. All right. Well, um, play your next song. Tell us what you. you know, who do you like? Tell us what you need us to this know. This is so hard. 
I'm going to go with Troy Kingy. I like the name. The song is, I don't even know if I'm pronouncing this right, Ka Manu. Okay. K Manu? Let's Kamanu? see it. Kamanu. Oh, I don't know what that line above the A is, but we'll play it. An umlaut? <laughs> no, it's just like a flat line. Oh. I don't, I don't know, know what, what that is. means. Mm. Okay. Uh, wait, is he Australian or New Zealand? New Zealand. He's New Zealand. All right, let's hear it. Stop playing with Dwight. Sorry. <laughs> okay, but I liked it. That I was thought really it was cool. great. Yeah, it so was cool. did you guys ever see the movie uh, Hunt for the Wilder People? No, no. I wanted to see okay, it. Okay, he's an actor in that, oh, in that cool. movie. Oh, nice. awesome. Dude. Dude. Dwight. Serious. For serious. <laughs> um, and so we were talking a little bit <clears throat> about the reggae in uh-huh. New Zealand. I guess like in the mid-70s, Bob Marley played one show there. Oh, wow. And before that, there was no reggae. I, I, apparently, there was no reggae presence in the country. Mm-hmm. And then he played one show there. and uh, 14 and then, bands and then sprouted it, up. Exactly. And, and influenced it for decades on end. Wow, that's cool. So the reggae scene is vibrant there is what you're saying. Yeah. I mean, you've got Fat Freddy's Drop, who are big in Europe and... And people know them here. Yeah. But they, you know, I met with the band actually when I was there. I actually, well, I didn't meet with them. I just met them. And they were telling me how they they had to make a choice between Europe and the U.S. It yeah, was too right. expensive to do both. Yeah. And they chose Europe. Yep. I, I uh, it's funny is because I actually saw them here, but I saw them at like a restaurant. It was, a, or whatever, mm-hmm. Laguna Beach, they have a place called Mozambique. Mm-hmm. And it was, uh, I only went because um, I used to be, uh, on the radio station, it was Laguna Beach right across the street mm-hmm. from there. And I went there just to have a drink before I went home to let traffic kind of die down. And, uh, and they were playing on like the second level of the place. And they're, you know, I don't know, it was like 20 bucks to get in or whatever. So, so I, I like, I took a tour of like a black sand beach mm-hmm. when I was there and the guy played, he had like his little mixtape that he was playing everybody in the van and fat Freddy's drop came on. I'm like, Oh, I met those guys. No way. You met them. No yeah. way. You're kidding. I'm like, yeah, it was just, I just met him. And like, it was like the big, you know, it was. It was like, a big deal. It was, it's yeah. a big deal, man. Yeah. <laughs> if you were in Jamaica, I mean, that's what I mean, it would be. Like, you know, it's like <laughs> us like hanging out with like Johnny Marr or something. Yeah, like right, right. Just somebody you wouldn't expect to be able to just hang out with. And it yeah. was just the biggest deal to this guy. That's cool though. I mean, then, so, so other, other, that's from Australia, right? Or is that New Zealand? No, New Zealand. New Zealand. Okay. Auckland. Cool. Auckland. Sweet. So reggae is big in Australia too, though? Oh yeah, or we think it's bigger oh, no. like in New Zealand. No, when I looked up the like the best like the band, there was at least three reggae bands on there. Mm. Like Catch a Fire was one of the bands. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's there's there was a couple others that were there. I was like, wow, that's really kind of cool. Very cool. It's you know it's really crazy how especially like the Aussies have really picked up on a lot of uh, that, but also like you know our version, California version of punk rock too. Like you know I'll, I'll, I don't know. Uh, in the '90s, it was always big to have those bands out there. Yet, when we get some of their bands, I, I'm actually going to play one of the bands from Australia <clears throat> that I that I really enjoyed in the '90s, uh, "The Living End." But 
you have a you have a band like that. I played a showcase with them uh, for the Warp Tour, and it was like I don't know Pennywise. It was a bunch of bunch of those type of but those type of bands, right? You know, the kind of California punk style bands like that. And they came on and they played the song I'm about to play now, uh, but it was a cover of Ten Fifteen on a Saturday Night, the Cure song. Oh. And they get on stage and they kind of look like uh, the Stray Cats, you know, they get because they they all you know Gretsch guitar and and a stand up bass player or whatever, and they brought that place down. But this particular song that they played, um, the cover, just minutes before, there's just you know people in the pit and having a good time, whatever, and they brought that whole place down to a hush. Nobody was speaking. Nobody was doing anything. They were just watching the band because how dynamic the band was. And they're, they're still one of my favorites. So I'm going to go ahead and play that right now. That's uh, this is the living end and it's 10 15 on a Saturday night. liked the living end yeah i I'm, was always bummed that they didn't go farther than what they did yeah me too the uh the guitar player of that band has his own like signature model gretch and everything like they're such a big band there and were and uh probably still are i mean i don't know but they're one of those like big day out bands you know they would play that huge huge festival radio festival they have there every year but i don't know I'm like a warped staple Warp, band. yeah basically right and they're just really good, dude. I had no idea they covered that song. It's yeah. pretty amazing. Seeing it, what live, a great dude. song! You know, to take a such a melancholy song right. of the Cures, not one of you know. I mean, it would have been easy to take a you know more of a fast paced sure, yeah. song, but for them to take such a melancholy one and do a cover of it, yeah, it's such an did. early song as well. And you know, to think of these bands like you were saying, influenced by Southern California punk. But we're talking about the '90s. It's pre-internet. Yeah, exactly. That's so. that's that's my point. It's like it's mail order, and then it's what? How do you get it? I, yeah. So we were talking with. Uh, I remember talking with uh, uh, Darren and M, um, your friends, about that, about growing up there and having the one music channel, and on one day they would play, like Warp Tour bands, or they play like they play bands like that, and that was like their one act. Like they didn't have fifteen channels; they had like four channels, right. <laughs> and they had one cable channel. And on one day, they would play this type of music. Which, that's, okay, great. Now we're starring Dwight. <laughs> Alperin, I will kick you off this show. I'm, yeah. not, the, I'm not the one growling here, okay? <laughs> <laughs> he's just, he's, I'm not antagonizing the dog. He brought, he brought me the toy. So, yeah. But I, going by that, you could totally get how, you know, it would be kind of underground and hard to, hard to come by. But, dude, it's crazy. It's crazy how much that grew. Anyway, Julia, you're next. I am next. Thank you for the reminder. Um, a bunch of these next bands that I'm going to play are going to sound like indie, um, just indie poppy bands, okay. very dancey type stuff. So Very dancey? I'm, I'm just going to choose one of them, and then we're going to go for it. This okay. band is called Golden Horse, and the song is called Maybe Tomorrow. It would be awesome if the, call, the song was called... <laughs> That's just what the song is called. Okay. <laughs> like, you spell that. And they are a Kiwi pop folk combo, so they're from New Zealand. Oh, yeah. She's um, hot. In a moment of time, when the fruit becomes... 
On the it totally does. Yeah. That that song sounds like it's being played at every Forever Twenty right. One exactly. in New Zealand and Australia. Right oh now. no, Forever Twenty One's play like house deep ravey type music Did where you really? can't like think or hear. I'm Just, sorry if I ever shopped at a Forever Twenty One. Yeah, then I would imagine that song being played there. That that's more at like a Claire's. Would that be played at no, Claire's? <laughs> honestly, that's a Chico's because then it's like easy listening. Okay, but they're still hip. Look, it's oh, pleasant. Hip, hip it's mom. not very offensive. Yes, there's nothing offensive. Hey, mom, about where'd that you get song? those hip tapered chinos <laughs> at Chico's? That's where I got them. Or Talbots, whatever, Talbots? wherever your mom shops. Wait, what's a Talbots? It's like Chico's. Is that a black and white? Hey, bruh. My mom shops at Macy's, bruh. <laughs> <laughs> Bullocks? Bullocks? Buffums? <laughs> TG and uh, y, y? Y'all are old. <laughs> the first reverse tape I ever bought was at TG and Y. <laughs> I don't even know what that is. Adamant. Is... Bought Adamant at TG and Y. <laughs> what is that? Record store? TG and Y. No, TG and Y was like a Target. Like all the Targets mm. uh, in this area, um, well, that one that was closest here used to be on Lincoln, and that used to be a TGNY. Got it. I don't know what I don't know what TGNY stands for, but mm-hmm. that's what it used to be. Heard it here first, kids. Fascinating. <laughs> okay, Halperin, play a song. Uh, this is the last one, right? Yeah. Go for um, it. Okay, so I went down to um, New Zealand, Australia. Wait, you went to a land down under? I, I did. and <laughs> Why am I not playing that? <laughs> no. I think we all agree that we will not be playing Men at Work on this. Or Midnight Oil. They're just, sorry. Really oh, good. wait. No, I saw Midnight Oil. They were great. I'm just saying. Beds uh, Are Burning was a huge hit here. Well, when I went and checked out all the bands beforehand in Australia, there was one band that really stood out to me. They were a metal band. And uh, wow, everybody was fawning over the indie rock artists and the hip-hop artists. Uh, this band seemed to be getting neglected, and uh, I went and saw them, and they were amazing, and I came back a uh, manager, and managed the band with a buddy of mine, Adam LaRue. Um, they're called Dreg, and uh, my wife has vowed to never see the band live. I will support <laughs> you. It's just, it's not my type of music. I Dude, I heard the band, and I was into it. I was like, wow, this is cool. It's a kind of a newer take on it. I appreciated the music videos, for sure. Um, the music video is shocking, to say the shocking. least. Shocking. Shocking. So but everybody go out and watch They're and very see polarizing. That. You either love yeah, them or you hate love them. Or which hate is, them. The, the band that you just played is very vanilla. Right. Okay. Exactly. Yeah. What's, Everyone, sure. What's the song for the music video? Because I know The Return he, Of. The Return Of? Yes. Return Of The Drag? And is yes. that the song that you're going to play? Yes. Oh, Got cool. It. Okay. Right. Okay, well, we'll listen, and then we'll chat about this Reaction. band. Okay. So I know Julia is not her favorite, but I really like the band. They kind of, and 
I don't mean this offensively because some people might, this band might be polarizing, but uh, they remind me of like Biohazard, like early Biohazard. It's like more of like a New Jersey kind of metal right around when Slayer was popular. You know? I mean, they're a hardcore slash new metal slash hip hop. Yeah. You know, they're, these are guys in their 20s. But you without know, a DJ, up, so it makes it great. No, D, no DJ. <laughs> yeah. No DJ. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, so I mean, my question is to this, to, to Dreg, and maybe you can ask the band for me, is that was new Metal huge there? Was it like, was Limp Bizkit big and Corn and those bands? Because we're right about that 20-year cycle for all that, or a little past it. And I'm just like, I'm like, were teenagers influenced by that, like growing up? Like, oh, hey. You know what? I really like the Nookie. <laughs> but I'm guessing so. I mean, these guys, you know, they, they love like System of a Down. Yeah. They okay. Love, like, okay. Well, that makes sense. Like that that so. makes yeah. perfect sense. So yeah, that's, I could totally see them playing on like a, like a, um, first System of a Down or, or, or a band like that. I mean, their fans would love them. So. I think metal kids would definitely love For this sure. band and like hardcore kids would love them. And I, honestly, I'd be interested in seeing them just based on their looks alone. Like yeah, they too. look like they're very eccentric. Like they put on a great show. Like they go all out for their shows and their appearance mm-hmm. and they have a certain persona. Right. right. Yeah. And that's, that's what attracted me to the band that, 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 that there's Slipknot, there's Ghost, there's Hollywood Undead but I didn't see anybody quite doing what they're doing. And mm-hmm. that's why, because they were so different than everyone else. Like there were so many great indie rock artists and hip hop artists and stuff like that. But I didn't think if I was going to go back into the management game that I would be able to do them any justice. Whereas this band I saw being somebody who books shows repeatedly all mm-hmm. the time throughout the year, I didn't see anything like this being offered to me. And that's why I, th- I thought that there was a hole. And I think that, I mean, the response has either been super positive or super negative, which is sort of the idea. Like, this band is not for everyone, yeah, without a doubt. Um, and so they're playing the first U.S. show in May in Ohio. Uh, they are playing a Sonic Temple Festival with Slipknot and Metallica. Oh, wow. Awesome. Is that... So, that's obviously announced, right? Well, I mean, by the time it announces tomorrow, so oh, okay. by the time... Cool. This airs. Oh, this airs. It it'll be, be announced. Yeah. Okay, we'll cool. Put, we'll there put a link go. to that on the sh- on our notes page, and then we'll put a flyer for the um, for the festival. But that's awesome. And then, yeah. what? I mean, what's it like being a manager again? Because when was the last time you were you managed a band? I I think that the I mean. I managed Mike's band for like a year. Oh, maybe nine, 90, look at this 98, connection. 98 to 99. And That's look right. How, look how, look and how he good. caused you to, his band caused you to never manage a band That's again. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> so bad. We were just, you know, just, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I've been, we, we make people leave their business. You're like, I, we need a new profession. This is terrible. I just, uh, I wasn't, uh, I hadn't, I'd been approached to manage bands. Um, but, uh, I just didn't think that I would do, there's no point in me managing a band if I can't do them justice. Mm-hmm. And so, um, and so this band, I thought, I, I thought, okay, well I can give this a shot. I think I could. Yeah. And I think that so far, I mean, they're playing download festival in Australia in March with like my chemical romance and a bunch of gigantic artists. And this awesome. is like a festival that they would go to as fans. And now this year they're. They're playing the festival. And then, you know, what... And, band, and hey, they come out all the way to the United States and get to play... With Metallica. Like, yeah, how, with how the, is that real life? How is that real life. You're, not yeah. spo- you're supposed to be in a beat-up tour van playing sure, in front yeah. of 25 people a night. 
uh, you're not supposed to come out to the United States for your very first show ever. Yeah. No, that's play with. And you know that the, these the bands. eventually every band has to go through that phase. I think eventually you either do it on the way up or the way down. And I, I just think with a band like this, they're, uh, you know, go for the meteoric rise, man. <laughs> like, like if you can get it, if you can get on shows like this, then do it all Take day it. long. Yeah. yeah. Well, the yeah, thing about this band is that people are going to walk by the stage and see these guys dressed stop, up in their yeah. costumes and they're going to be like, what the hell is yeah. going on right, over yeah, there? Yeah, right. And people will stop in their tracks and, and, uh, the best bands are polarizing because you're not going to get everybody. You know what I mean? You're not going to get any, everybody anyway. So why try? It's really good to have it like that. So, I mean, Hey man, I I go to see him. I'm not gonna fly out to see him, but when they play LA, when they play their little showcase there at the like the you know the Viper Room, whatever, I'll be there for sure. <laughs> I mean, how's the band feeling now that you have this relationship with them? Like, are they obviously they're stoked to come out and do this, but how are they feeling about? I think that they're I think they're thrilled. I mean, they've been doing this for years, mm-hmm. and they have a vision for their band, and now they're able to slowly fulfill that vision. I mean. I don't know how many bands get to leave Australia and go play other countries right. and go tour the world. And, well, and, so. and how many bands get do this going global festival and these, well, this is, yeah, this is big, the this big, one was sound. big sound. How many do the big sound and actually get something out of it? Right. Right. You yeah. know, like if this, if this goes well, this is the success of big sound 2019 yeah. that they have booking agents and mm-hmm. you know, who knows, maybe they'll have a record deal soon. I mean, who knows? It's what every band wants, but you know, so few actually that's why get everybody out of goes, everybody cases. goes to yeah. that and they and put the expense out to go. Right. Yeah. And that's, yeah, that's why the bands play is mm-hmm. so that somebody will find them. And like I said, I didn't find a lot of industry who I perceived to be industry at their shows because they were out watching these super awesome indie rock and hip hop artists who were really, really good. But I didn't think that I could take a band like that and. And, well, and uh, a lot of those bands, though, are already sort of established, right? Or they have, or they have the platform for it. And we all know that. I mean, the one thing is to be is it's better to be different. It's mm-hmm. better to be different, right? Because at least you stand out, good or bad, you stand out, right? So that's pretty cool, man. That's a uh, that's that's a good find. I'm into it. Yeah, I'm proud of you. Good job, Alpy. Look Thanks. at yourself out there. Look at you doing the thing. Look at you doing, doing that. Doing the thing. Doing, doing that the thing. thing. And you know, you don't have to poo-poo my superhero just to make yourself feel better. <laughs> <laughs> I, sh- I should mention that Adam LaRue is who I'm co-managing with. You did mention yeah. that, but he yes. He manages uh, Jerry Harrison from the Talking Heads mm-hmm. and another artist whose name I've forgotten you have forgotten but didn't he do like wasn't he with mavis didn't he do like a bunch of stuff oh yeah, yeah maybe he's Staples worked at epitaph he's worked yeah. the fearless he worked for the madden brothers he worked for no yeah he's super cool so think, and he's welcome good hands. he's welcome to come on the show he should come on he the should show. come on That'd the show fun. i mean he's welcome anytime so there's that so we're, we're not excluding you adam okay so i don't want to hear that i don't want to get the message that says <laughs> oh thanks a lot for the invite tfti <laughs> So you were welcome. Anyway, all right, let's move on because we got one last bit of round. Two more, two more to go. So uh, I'm going to play a band um, called Loose Tooth, uh, a Aussie band called Loose Tooth. And I picked this band. A lot of the bands I heard were great, but I picked this band because you actually have an opportunity to see them uh, if you are here in Southern California. They're playing on February 12th at the Lodge Room in Highland Park. So they're playing with Chastity Belt. um, And uh, so... You have an opportunity, unlike a lot of these bands, to see them recently, like like you know, coming up. So here they are. It's Keep On by Loose Tooth. Keep on, keep getting on. 
like it. I think it's a good pick. And it has the same, like, we were kind of just talking about, Joy Division-esque, New Order-esque Yeah, with that, with that bass and the way the guitar is produced like that, kind of a cleaner guitar mm-hmm. like that. But once the woman's voice comes in the, uh, and the guy's voice comes in, I think it's it becomes its own, like, indie-sounding stuff. So, it's, it's good pop. Yeah, it's too. just good pop, right? I could see that band playing with, like, Bell and Sebastian. I could see that band playing with, you know, whoever. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, hey, who knows? On February 12th... Oh, wait, I'm not going to be in town. Dang it. Oh, oh yeah, you're never in town. We're gonna be in New Orleans. <laughs> Seriously, I'm the king of like saying, "Hey, come and see my band because we're playing." But if you're not going to, please go and see this band because <laughs> they really are good. <laughs> anyway, so uh, Loose Tooth, I'm a fan. I'm a fan of them now. Yeah. So Loose Tooth, uh, reach out to me. Um, send me some free stuff. That'd be great. Uh, I like <laughs> vinyl. Um, t-shirts are good. I'll wear them just XXLs, you know, because I'm a big dude. It's because I lift, not because I'm fat, but. <laughs> <laughs> Bro. All right. Anyway. Okay, so John, I have some more questions for you. Oh. Oh. Okay, so we talked about it on the show in the past where you were like the the one that used to put these comps together. Uh yeah. Back you in mean the- for Vegas Records? Yes. Yeah. How did you fall into that? Um basically what happened was in the nineties there was a a bunch of ska bands, a bunch of punk bands that were doing stuff in Orange County. And just, we had this idea, me and Scott from Scratch Magazine, of like, hey, we should do a compilation of half ska bands and half punk bands, and we'll get the ska kids to buy it, but we'll also get the punk kids to buy it. It's more of like a marketing idea, and then, you know. Which, you know, it it seems like now that the bands would often play together, but the reality is back then a lot of punk and ska bands did not play together very Well, you're not going to find straight-faced playing with Save Fair. Exactly, exactly. There were definitely different communities, and the idea is let's do half the punk bands and then half the ska bands all together so that if you didn't want to listen to the punk stuff, then you can just go to track number 16 or whatever and start listening to the ska stuff. And so I did that, and then um, I'm like, all right, Scott, so what do you want to do next? And he's like, oh, I'm good. I'm just doing the magazine. I don't want to start a record label. I'm like, okay. So I put out like a Jeffrey's Fan Club record, and then I... So I put out these like, hey brother, can you spare some ska records? And mm-hmm. which were my favorites. And then like the I idea was still listen to those. Yeah. The yeah. I, the idea was to sell them for like four dollars in the store, and the difference between what I was doing, what other people were doing at other labels, other people were doing it at other labels, but it was all their own bands. Where right, I yeah. was doing it, um, in more of a philanthropic sense of like, let's promote all these other artists. And what what would happen is that when these artists would play other cities like, uh, I don't know, like Channel 6 or something like that, the song that was on the compilation would be the one that everybody would want to hear. I, I could speak, right. I can attest to that. I played in, like, Baton Rouge, Louisiana one time, and or whatever it was, and uh, and we had the song called Another Kind that was on that comp, and as soon as we played it, the whole place cheered. Like, whoa, you know, it went from being just a normal show to like, oh, wow, this is like, they knew all of our stuff, which is crazy, which is crazy to me that comps actually work like that. And that was my favorite part of the ska scene was buying comps like ska sucks. Hey brothers, the punk versus ska. And everybody had them. We had Joe Sib on. We had Joe Sib on uh, a couple months ago and Joe Sib talked about how side one had Mm one. They they had a ska comp. Everyone did. Yeah. So I had a fueled by ramen. Fueled by ramen had a uh, fueled by ramen was good though. I mean, they had a really good comp. The mail orders, fun ones from Asian men records. Like that's how you, that's how I learned about all these bands. And it's so funny. Like, I don't know that I, this was a scene that I loved and helps had such a big part of it. Um, and then I met him and married him, but like, it's just that whole, it's just a weird, um, 
timeline of it, but um, it, it definitely... was a different time because there was no Spotify. Yeah, no, you didn't have no, right. Yeah, it was, was way no, harder, way harder. Right, and then the the internet was just starting, but it was like you weren't doing playlists. Yeah, mm-hmm. there, there weren't. You know, MP3s weren't really a thing yet. Well, yeah, they, the, you didn't the have 90s. the bandwidth for it anyway. It wasn't like you had to download stuff. Mm-hmm. It wasn't really like that. Streaming wasn't it was even like, a thing. It was like wave files. Right, wave files, right. But if you think about it early on, it's you had like California Skyquake, which was all like those type of bands. Right? That was a good yeah. comp. And then Dar- our friend Daryl Rubio, he had actually had one, Generic Ska, California. It had like 20. Generic Skaka. Generic Skaka, yeah. Oh, yeah, we have that one. <laughs> yeah. I, I like was, to call it Generic big... Ska, California, because I don't like saying Skaka. <laughs> but... Uh, but it had like I don't know twenty seven tracks on it, and of the bands, I mean that was one of the that's the first time I ever heard Less Than Jake. It's the first time I ever heard Emmy three thirty. You know, it's the first I time think you were on it. We were on it, yeah, we yeah. were on it too. And I wish we would have gave him a better song. We were like, we were like, <laughs> we were like, oh, we're gonna put our own stuff. Give him that one we're not gonna use, and we gave him that one. And I'm like, oh, we should have put a better song. <laughs> I didn't know it was gonna be I big. Had like, Homegrown on it. Yeah, it had homegrown, had a bunch, and it was all these bands where all of none of us knew each other until we were on that comp, and then we started playing shows. It's like, oh, I know that band from that place. I know that band from here and there, and they all knew us from there, which was really really cool to do. But it's weird. I was at the uh, that Scatterlight show in, in Garden Grove two weeks ago, and I ran into Daryl Rubio there. Yeah, and uh, he just wanted to, you know, shoot the shit, hang out. It was cool, I ran cool into him. him at the. Uh... What was that, that that Scott thing on the beach? Yeah, back to the beach. Back to the beach, the first one. Right. And I hadn't seen him. I don't know. He goes. He goes. He went. We played with Real Big Fish, and he years. hit me up to get him on the list for the show. And I was like, this close to doing it, and he ended up coming through with a ticket at the end. But um, just you know, figured the least I could do is get the guy. <laughs> the guy did a lot for the band, so the least I could do is get him on a show. So, so were you doing these comps before or after you worked at Chain Reaction? Oh, this no, is well way before. before. Well okay. before. And then I went to, I was just hanging out at Chain, and I was there one night when the other talent buyer had quit, and I'm like, well, I'll do it. And then the owner, Tim, was like, well, let's both sleep on it, we'll talk, we'll talk tomorrow, and then we called each other the next day, I'm like, all right, let's do it. I mean, I had booked three shows before then, and the next thing you know, I booked this thing for like the next six and a half years, I booked, you know, Fall Boy for $50, and I booked, you know, Panic of the Disco, right. I booked Death Cab for Cutie in like 2001, I booked... Uh, Mars Volta's first show ever under a different name. I mean, uh, just just so many, you know, in, in, to be honest, just so many incredible shows back then. It was just a different time. There weren't that many venues. Right. Um, and it sort of became the venue to hit when you're going to the West Coast. Like, you know, yeah, it was an all-ages venue. All-ages venue without, without liquor. So it's like you could have... You know, it it got a reputation for being a like you know. Well, I remember as a venue. seventeen, eighteen year old, John was working in the window, and told me about YouTube and went selling my ticket because he was busy watching a video <laughs> on YouTube and said, "Hold on, have you heard of this thing called YouTube? I'm watching an elephant pooping right now. It's <laughs> Your amazing. Your ticket's got to wait. It's amazing." <laughs> Yeah, we were actually just so I we just maybe played there last week and we're at Chain and we were talking about it like I remember before that window was even there when it was public storage and there wasn't even that yard that side yard you just kind of just mm-hmm. went right into the club, but yeah, it's a lot of memories there and and it was so needed at the time, you know what I mean? Like it was so needed. There was no all ages places to play. We didn't have the benefit of having I mean, a house. So of it was blues. the showcase, but that was a little too a little far in Corona. East. Yeah, you know if you're an Orange County kid, you, you're not allowed to drive that far. Right. 
Um, and then, you know, there was the Galaxy, but there was like the $5 drink minimum for kids. Right. And they weren't really booking shows. They didn't book shows for us. Kids. Yeah. yeah. Right. And so that's why, you know, you have guys like John Panel and other people that would go out and book shows and like roll up commercial spaces and whatever. Because we had no all ages play or hotel ballrooms, no other places to play. So when that place opened, it was like, oh, crap. And it was a, it was a half mile from my house. I remember then thinking like, wow, this is going to be awesome. Well, I'm going to come here a lot. And the reality is I ended up not going there a lot because I was always playing. <laughs> you know? So I very rarely got to go to a show at Chain that I wasn't playing at. But good job. Good. Yeah. You, you did really good for Chain. And it's an iconic venue still yeah. like to be at. And to play at. Well, and for our listeners that are in all these other countries, because we have listeners all over the world, it's something worth looking up or if you visit Southern California to go see a show. Yeah, go to Chain Reaction and see something. You'll find something. You'll find something there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah I, I met Barry there. Yeah, you met Barry yeah, there. I met Barry, right. I met Barry from Liverpool there. Barry, super we listener Barry, Barry in Liverpool. I met, I met Rolf there. I met all kinds of friends that I'm still friends with now, you know, 17, 18 years later. Yeah, really cool. Well, cool. So, Julia, I guess you're closing us out. Am I or helps? Do you want to? Why don't the you guest. take one, John? You take the last one. Play, play another band. This um, is your, this is your time to shine. How about if I just give you a list of some artists? We don't even have to. Whatever the first band is that you say we're gonna play right now. That's right. Wow, that's a, that's some pressure. No pressure. Under pressure. All right. How about approachable members of your local community? <laughs> <laughs> And the song is called Only Friend. Oh my god, I love their photo. that band i enjoy the name and then all their band photos in their bio i think is perfect so good choice if they're not on a gap commercial then then some music supervisor right. is not yeah. doing that job. Some, some supervisor music supervisor somewhere saying they can sell khakis <laughs> they can sell they can sell white converse they can sell it the white oh they are playing uh south by this oh, year cool. so all right go see them um any near misses? Any bands that you wanted to play that we didn't get a oh chance to? Oh my gosh, to? so many. Name them off. Uh, Royal and the Southern Echo. The okay. song "Don't Think About Me." Um, let's see here. Uh, Hans Puckett, "Straight to My Heart." Uh, soaked Oats, "Sugar Doom." Sugar oh Doom. my gosh! So Soaked Oats played a theater. Uh, for one of the nights of uh, of going global, mm-hmm. and because they were playing a theater, they were like we should rent tuxedos. So they all rented tuxedos and top hats <laughs> and played okay. tuxedo and top hats. And they're kind of like a, you know, kind of like a pavement type band. Oh, okay. Cool. Kind okay. of a shoegazy band yeah, or whatever, yeah. playing tuxedos and top hats. And it was, it was great. Um, Jess B and Paige, the song So Low. Oh my gosh, it's so good. Um, Imuji, I-M-U-G-I, Be Here Soon. I think that's, I think that's everybody. I mean, Yeah. We didn't play Men at Work or Colin Hay, and I'm actually a fan yeah, of Colin Hay. You know what, guys? I'm really sorry that we didn't play Savage Garden. Yeah. Uh, me too. I'll be mm-hmm. So um, here's a fun fact. I drove Savage Garden in a limousine one time. I, they were playing at Knott's Berry Farm, 
Cool. Yes, at the Good Time <laughs> Theater, but they were staying at my hotel, and so they had to get transported back there. And they didn't want to take them on a golf cart because mm-hmm. they didn't want them to be exposed, A, to the elements, but also to have people see them. So, because uh, they thought their fans would go batshit crazy over them. Mm-hmm. So we put them in the little limo and drove them over and dropped them off back at the theater. Nice guys. Nice but nice group of lads. See, Helps couldn't remember what hotel you had worked at when you were yes. young. And I'm like, I think it was Knott's Berry Farm. Yeah, it was at that hotel. You right. thought it was one right off the freeway right here on the 91. I did work there actually for oh, a while did. too. Huey did work there too. There yeah, we go. Yeah, so we worked there. Look at that memory. Yeah, I worked. I worked a lot of hotels. Uh, near misses for me. Um, uh, there's a really ba- cool kind of. I don't know if a psychedelic or rock kind of a band, but they're called Tropical Fuckstorm. Wow. <laughs> and uh, and uh, quarter in the cuss jar. Yeah, you let my tires <laughs> down is is uh, one, is their song, and there was another one um, called the Bedwetting Boys. Uh, yeah, and I, it was called Away. That was really good. Yeah, I was so. play them too. And then of course, um, no no uh, no Aussie mix would ever be complete without you know Back in Black. So. Oh. That's right. Goodbye. <laughs> so, yeah. Anyway, so we're not going to play that. I also didn't play the Divinals just because I, I thought it was cute that they were from Australia. I didn't know that. So, there you go. I touched myself. <laughs> um, so, I had Bed, Wet, and Bad Boys too. Camp Cope, Flower Truck. Uh, Jade Imagine is someone to look out for. I thought uh, she was really I just good. thought you said the name wrong. Bed, Wet, and Bad Boys. I just read it as Bed, Wet, and Boys. Uh, oh. And then when you said that, I'm like, what are you talking about? And I looked down, I'm like, oh, I've totally omitted that. Okay, Bed, Wet, and Bad Boys. That's what it's called. All right. um, and then I, Brody Dale is actually not Australian. Well, I was going to give her a pass, but she grew up in Australia. Oh, okay. She grew up in Melbourne. Um, but I don't think she has, I think she's American, but just grew up in, in Melbourne, hmm. I think. But, eh. Doesn't count. Eh. <laughs> I'm good, um, but just fascinating. Fascinating. Well, cool. So that was good. Well, what do we have? Uh, what's coming up? You need to plug anything? Well, do my I? band, Bite Me Bambi, is playing. <laughs> no, they're not. Well, <laughs> they're not they actually at all. do have something for people to look out for. Oh, yeah. We're dropping a Christmas song, so feel free to listen to that. It's called Holiday Cheer, uh, an original an original it's kind of goofy and wacky and there's gonna be a video for it as well that's Fun. in the can ready to be released so i think we're gonna do a christmas that. episode you should no we'll do okay that. we'll do holiday cheer for that yeah since it's fun yeah it'll, it'll it's fun. the one song we'll be allowed to play julia what about you how was black friday black friday was great it was madness and i'm glad it's over just okay. keep shopping guys keep, shopping. keep, keep shopping. spending money please please do so and then, John, anything anything else you want to announce? No, come to shows at the Glass House. Come, come to the up, shows? Look up Grid Life if you like uh, car drifting. If um, you want a vacation, go to the Dominican Republic. Yeah, and go to Isle of Light. Okay, go to Isle of Light. Well, Halps, it was good having you here. Yeah. Go to go to johnhalbern.com if you need information <laughs> about John deets, Halbert. For all the deets and dates. For all the deets and dates. <laughs> don't, yeah. don't really have that URL. Oh, okay. Um, so if you do go to johnhalpern.com. I don't really know what's going to be there. I'm not responsible for any other John Halperns that are out there that are... Okay. But look out for drag. Look out, look for, out drag. for drag. Yeah, for sure. Yes. Yeah. Awesome. Well, cool. That was fun. All right. Thanks. Great. Catch you next time. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks. If... You enjoyed listening to the podcast. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook 
at Mixtape Mixtape Podcast for show notes, pictures, and behind-the-scenes snaps. And while you're at it, head over to the website, <laughs> mixtapemixtapepodcast.com, for complete playlists as well as links to all the spot- songs on Spotify. Just know that I worked really hard on putting all those playlists up, and I have feelings. Or did you work really hard at avoiding other responsibilities? Shut up. Just don't forget to tell your friends. One more thing. We know you're busy people, but go ahead and click to review and give us a five-star rating or comment on whichever podcast platform you listen to us on. Thanks. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.